You're listening to the Winsight Podcast Network. Increase covers, not costs. It's time to level up with Talk, the restaurant industry's leading reservation platform. Join today using promo code RESTAURANTS3 for three months free off of your base subscription. Terms and conditions apply. Go to jointalk.com slash podcast. That's jointalk.com slash podcast. What is going on with Mr. Beast Burger? Hello, this is Jonathan Mays, Editor-in-Chief of Restaurant Business, and in this week's episode of A Deeper Dive, I talk with Joe Guskowski, the Senior Editor at RB, to talk about virtual brands. And specifically, we spend most of the time talking about Mr. Beast Burger. Now, if you have not heard, Mr. Beast has said publicly that he has pulled his support from his virtual brand, Mr. Beast Burger. He has since pulled the tweets in which he has said this, but the comments generated a lot of attention. Mr. Beast is the most successful of a generation of virtual brands. And I talk with Joe about what his complaints are, what that might do to the virtual brand itself, and what it means to the whole trend of virtual brands if he is indeed stepping away. We also talk about NextBite, another virtual brand company that was recently sold to its rival. But most of our discussion is about Mr. Beast Burger and that whole mess. We're talking about virtual brands on this week's episode of A Deeper Dive, so please have a listen. All right, I'm here with Joe Guskowski. Joe, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. All right. So, Joe, I demanded that you be on the podcast because there is nobody better to ask, answer the following question than you. And that is, what the hell is going on with Mr. Beast? (laughs) Well, Mr. Beast uh, doesn't want anything to do with uh, Mr. Beast Burger anymore, it it seems, (laughs) based on some tweets he sent out last week. And then deleted. He said he's not happy with the uh, sort of quality control of the brand. You know, he wants to be able to guarantee that every location is going to serve good burgers and fries with his name on them. And uh, apparently that's not happening. So he, he indicated that, uh, you know, he would, sounds like, ditch the brand altogether, but it's not his brand alone. He It's a partnership between him and this company, Virtual Dining Concepts. Um, so it appears that it'll keep going, but it's sort of lost his his uh, cosign, so to speak. That seems like it's a problem for Mr. Beast Burger. I think so, because you know the whole reason the brand is successful to begin with is his uh, massive following. He has um, 100 million YouTube followers. And so he just has this very engaged fan base that helped grow the brand into what it is, which is apparently about 2000 locations worldwide. And, um, you know, if he's not supporting the brand anymore, it's possible that some of those fans could um, stop ordering it. Well, I mean, you get the, I mean, one of the things I think that worked for that brand so well is that you had an engaged namesake, I guess. And he's a spokesman for the brand. He is the namesake. And now that namesake is no longer supporting it. So the thing that he was able to do would be just periodically say something about the brand and, and, and make some sort of comment about, you know, Hey, order Mr. Beast burger, whatever, like, you know, like just send out a tweet and then it's like followers be like, Oh, I suddenly need a burger and fries delivered 
from Mr. Beastburger. I mean, that you lose that. That seems like you're 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 depriving your brand of a primary spokesman. Mm-hmm. He has and, an entire platform. That's what the brand was built on. Mm-hmm. Not that its burgers are good or that its food is anything special or unique. It's it's just he has a huge audience, and um, now it's it appears to be gone. So we'll see. I, I I can't think of any other examples of this happening to a restaurant where sort of the main spokesperson went against the brand, like while he was still he or she was still attached to it. Well, Joseph. I have some examples for you. So I sort of liken this. Now, I got to clarify this. These are very, very different situations, obviously. And I would vastly much rather be in the, in the shoes of, of the virtual brand here than the two examples I'm going to give you. But it's still sort of along the lines. And, and like, if you go back uh, to 2015, when Subway lost its spokesman, Jared Fogle, in the worst way possible. And then and then the John Schnatter situation with Papa John's is actually sure. something relatively similar. But I'm saying this is like this is like the equivalent of like Ronald McDonald coming out mm-hmm. and saying the Big Mac sucks. <laughs> that is that. It is. I mean, there is no real equivalent example. I mean, you probably have to go back to when I think it was the Pizza Hut founder became a Papa John's franchisee or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it, it. I mean, I just say is like what happened with this scenario was along the same lines where you have lost. I mean, he was in your namesake. He was he was the guy they built the brand around, you know, that and then to lose that. I just don't, I don't, I don't, uh, there's got to be something that we don't know behind the scenes about some other situations that there's got to be, and he, I think he mentioned there was a, he signed a bad deal, um, you know, and maybe there's something to that particular element. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, he's always been the type of person that would shoot off his mouth and then, you know, his, uh, you know, the brand's operator would say, mm, you know, that's, I mean, there's got to be something else there because this one, I, I just can't imagine that you wouldn't try to do whatever you could to appease him because he's really important to the brand. I think he does kind of fly by the seat of his pants a little bit. I mean, he's he's online constantly. He's saying things that I don't think the, that he's run by anyone, you know, um, and he did delete the tweets. Part of me wonders if he's just kind of bored I mean, when you think about it, he is the face of the brand, but I don't really know how much involvement he has with it anymore. I mean, these are in, these are individual restaurants that are operating the brand. Um, I mean, I don't know if he's involved with the menu in, in the marketing. I mean, he maybe is just bored and, and he's got so much other stuff going on. This is probably the least of his concerns. And we don't know, you know, how much money he's seeing from this. We don't know what the deal is. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, his complaint is definitely valid. I think it's a problem with a lot of virtual brands that you can't guarantee um, the quality of the food across all these different operators. You don't have necessarily the layers of quality control that like a restaurant franchise might have. But at the same time, I mean, I think that's just restaurants in general. I mean, is there any large franchise restaurant chain where you can guarantee that any location you go to is going to be the same? I mean, no, I mean... I mean, that's a, I mean, that's a great point. 
like, look, if you if your goal is to guarantee quality, the last thing you want to do is operate a virtual brand. <laughs> I, 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 that's that's just one hundred percent true. You know, like I, I, we've both pointed out on multiple occasions now that the issue with virtual brands basically boils down to the fact that you are relying on many different operators, all of whom, you know, you might have, you know, you might have a chicken wing virtual brand, and then you are going to rely on an Italian concept, a Chinese concept, or a burger concept, or a wing concept, you know, or, you know, maybe a wing concept, or a bar and grill chain, or a seafood brand. You know, none of them necessarily have, you know, equipped specifically to produce that food item on a frequent basis. It's a secondary menu for them. Um, you know, their primary business is picked up. And so it's probably easy to turn off. You're not really going to focus as hard on that. You know, there's no real penalty if you fail for that. You know, whereas, you know, if you're, you know, if you're, I get just Red Robin, for instance, and you're Red Robin and you are, um, you're doing Mr. Beast burger, um, you know, and you fail on a Mr. Beast order, well, you're just going to lose what? A small percentage of your total sales that you were doing basically to recover from the pandemic. Whereas if you screw up on a Red Robin order, well, then you've got some real penalties down the line. You know, then you lose a potential business that means a lot more revenue to you. So, you know, and then you got ordering and all that other stuff. So I think that's just the absolute last thing you want. If you want to control quality, you have to company operate. I mean, franchising, by the way, is, you know, that's a perpetual challenge in the franchising space. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's, it's one where, you know, the, the less financially, uh, or less financial you control or you have over the restaurants, the less ability you have to control quality. I mean, and, and, and so, I mean, it's almost like a spectrum, I would say, Joe, where, where, you know, you're, the most quality is going to be company owned. Chipotle will have more control over quality there, which makes its 2016 E. coli issue a real problem, but still more control up there, less, the least amount of control, I think, with a virtual brand. That's, these are real problems. Yes. And I think that part of what we're going to see with virtual brands going forward now is they are going, the virtual brand companies are going to be looking to partner with big chains that have better operations um, where they can guarantee the quality and they just get better scale. Um, I mean, that's IHOP is one brand that's really leaning into virtual brands now. I think they've got like four. And um, one of them is they're working with the, uh, virtual dining concepts. Um, and so that kind of works for both parties. Uh, and hopefully the consistency is a little better. I think the mom and pops, is just hard. If you're just distributed across the country and all these one-off restaurants, how do you keep tabs on that? That's why I think that's one of the reasons we're going to see uh, virtual brand companies trying to partner with um, big, bigger chains that have better operations and can guarantee to, to a certain extent that the food's going to be uh, consistent. Um, like IHOP is one of these that that's using a lot of virtual brands now, and they have, you know, almost 2000 locations that can uh, scale the brands and have a little better uh, oversight. 
but then, I mean, I guess <laughs> that sort of eliminates sort of one of the one of the one of the things that these virtual brand operators like to make note is that this was a way to save the independent restaurant. They were going to uh, this was we're doing this for to save restaurants, and that's what. They, and then ultimately, just I mean, that's fine. I mean, that's not the particularly, but it. You know, then it's then the virtual brands become less about that and really more about they're just trying to build brands. Why don't they just open up brick and mortar location? <laughs> Serious, like why not? Why not just franchise a business? Like if you have like Mr. Beast Burger is a perfect example. Why not just because I think I believe Mr. Beast has even mentioned that. Why not just franchise it? You can grow mm-hmm. up quickly. You have more control over that. You're not spending your own money. You're you know, spending a franchise's money. Mr. Beast has enough uh, cachet that could probably get some operators interested pretty fast. I don't understand. Like, why do you insist on like only being a virtual brand? Is that just is that I mean, it just seems like the there's just an absolute cap here yeah. on on where these brands can go on virtual brands. They're just never going to make that much money per location. I think franchising is just more complicated. I mean, and more expensive. Opening restaurants, building restaurants these days. I mean, it's just so much easier where you can just um, sort of turn it on online. Um, It did seem like Mr. Beast Burger was kind of exploring a brick and mortar route. I don't know if that's going to happen anymore. I don't know. I think you need a really, really strong brand to do that. And I don't think a lot of these virtual brands are were really built to be really, really strong brands. I think they were built initially to just kind of catch your eye on apps and fulfill the the SEO kind of requirements. You know, they don't have many of them. Don't have any personality at all. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's true. Well, a lot of brick and mortar brands, Joseph, doesn't have, don't have a lot of, don't have a lot of personality. Yeah. But I mean, I, I guess like to me, I, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think that, that, you know, chains are just far better equipped to do these virtual brands than anything else. And IHOP is a great example uh, because it does have capacity at various times a day. I mean, I think Denny's has done some stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's just Wings is still operating pretty well. I mean, I think that Chili's has sort of distanced itself at least somewhat from virtual brands, but they're still, I mean, it's just Wings, I, to me, was the one that absolutely had as much potential to go into a brick and mortar as anything else. And I s- still kind of think they should. You know, Wingstop really doesn't have any legitimate large-scale competition. Mm-hmm. They have, like, piecemeal competition. I mean, Buffalo Wild Wings is... But Buffalo Wild Wings is still a full-service operation. I mean, it it would seem like Wings is something where there could be some competition. So, I don't know. But I agree. Yeah, that that sort of brings up another interesting point with these virtual brands. Because I think It's Just Wings was super successful, but Chili's itself wasn't doing that great. (laughs) And now they've they've got the new CEO there, and he's really um, returning the focus to Chili's. And trying to fix that brand and i think what happened was there might have been some drift in the focus and you know they had all these virtual or they had it's just wings um and that was doing so well but i think when when customers started returning to restaurants a lot of these places 
and I had to shut off the virtual brands because they just couldn't do both. And even, I agree, It's Just Wings is a strong brand, and maybe we will see them kind of scale it back up when Chili's is on better footing. But um, there are just a lot of a lot of issues with virtual brands that we've been talking about this whole time, and I think we're finally starting to see them materialize um, these these past few weeks. Yeah. I think that we're in, to me, like I, I believe we are in a shifting era of, you know, during the pandemic, consumers were not as concerned about things like speed and, and they were giving operators a break. And like, if you went out to eat at a restaurant, you're given, you're going to give them a break about the, the length of time it would take you to get in. You're going to give them a break about, you know, maybe week service. You know, if they didn't have stuff, you're giving them a break because you knew that this was an extraordinary time and, and, and then they were doing the best that they can. But we're in a, in an era now where consumers are, you know, we're fully back. Everybody's open. You know, the, the, the labor issues appeared to have passed and consumers are at the point now where they're starting to be concerned about their finances. And my view on, on eras like this, when people are starting to get into cutback mode, that their demands for service are higher in a time like this. And I think Kevin Hockman said this. So like your, 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 the, your demand on service in an era like this is higher because you, if you're going out to eat, you are not going to want something that is not going to do their jobs. And, mm -hmm. And, and that means that the secondary ideas like virtual brands, um, will have to be even more secondary because you're going to have to focus on your core customer. And that's exactly where you should be focused on because that's where you're getting the bulk of your revenue. That's where you're going to get the bulk of your profits. And, um, and, and that's the name that is out on the front. Mm -hmm. And that's your best advertisement, by the way, is always going to be the name of the restaurant that's out front, um, even if you have a virtual brand, and just look at the look at the ca casual dining chains that that did well last year. Texas Roadhouse they don't do virtual brands. Olive Garden they don't do it. Um, Longhorn Steakhouse they don't do it. So they they've been focused on their own brands this whole time, and I think you kind of started to see that pay off last year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and 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 both of those concept all those concepts are known for what they're known Service. for operations really good operations mm -hmm. um and this, this stuff this business really isn't rocket surgery i mean even if you look at like if you go into the fast food world where virtual brand i mean fast food brands don't do virtual but um you know you you look at like in chick-fil-a has been messing around with this a lot um yeah, i mean they, they've done quite a bit with it and they've done it separately in separate facilities right. um you know and and where it's you know that's what it was designed to do and it's worked you know when it, it i mean we're so far i mean they they haven't killed the they they keep expanding it very slowly but they keep expanding it you know so they mm -hmm. you know they're they're a lot more patient i think than than some of these virtual brand companies by the way i'm probably gonna get an email from like five virtual brand PR people because of this whole, <laughs> both of us. Anyway, um, I want to shift to, to, to the next bite stuff because that was the other thing. I mean, there's two big, big 
big issues, Mr. Beast and, and then the next bite issue. What, what, what's going on with next bite? Well, next bite is, uh, next bite is no more really. Um, they, uh, they split themselves apart and they sold one part of the business to an Indian, uh, company and they sold the virtual brand part to C3, which is another virtual brand company run by Sam Nazarian. And he's going to keep next bite, but spin it off as a, you know, as it's something, um, they had a bunch of layoffs, uh, about a month ago. It sounds like they pretty much got rid of most of their staff and they were a company that raised a lot of money, uh, earlier in the pandemic. And it seems like the business itself could not sustain, um, the, the money that they had raised, um, and uh, it's it's still a little unclear, you know, what the details are. The brands themselves will live on apparently under under C three, um, <clears throat> but they were a company that I don't know if they really had a brand that took off to the extent that Mr. Beastburger did or some of the other virtual brand companies. And um, I think that model just isn't isn't right anymore. Like you can't just have this library of brands that are just sort of generic burger wings, um, salad concepts that no one recognizes. There has to be something more behind it. It has to be a little more strategic. And towards the end, they were starting, they partnered with IHOP, for instance, and created some brands specific, specifically for IHOP, but maybe that was too little too late. I don't know. But um, that just gets at, you know, another issue with these brands is the actual building of the brands and how you create them and, and, what works and what doesn't. It just seemed like NextBite never really figured it out. Yeah. Well, they're, the, the brands themselves are built on, uh, based on personalities or, you know, personalities are always volatile, uh, as we've seen with, with Mr. Beast. You know, they're based on personalities or, or, or something. And, 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 in theory, and in theory, that, you know, that can get you a lot of attention in a short period of time. But it seemed like there's so many of these virtual brands out there. You know, and and you're only building like even the best virtual brands are just a small, tiny amount of sales on a local level. Mm-hmm. And there's no, you know, like, you know, like McDonald's, for instance, like McDonald's best advertisement by a long shot, by the way, is the fact that there's McDonald's all over the place because you're always seeing the damn thing. You always see McDonald's. They are always there. It's their buildings are always there. And that, that's, to me, a, a really good advertisement for them, more than anything they put on their television, because you just know that it's there. And, 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 be, and, and like, to me, with virtual brands, it just, it's the, the, the percentage of the local consumer and any one of these that are going to go to it is just so tiny that it just, it takes so long unless you can, like, that's what was extraordinary about Mr. Beast was able to build was able to build, get so much attention for it, but you still have to be hungry for a burger and look at your phone and then search it out. And that's tough. Mm-hmm. Whereas McDonald's or any, pick a number, any number of chains, Chili's, you know, you're driving past it on your way to work. I Can mean, that'd be underestimated. Yeah. You, you, and you're always thinking about it. Yeah. And so, um, I just think that's such a tough thing with these virtual brands is 
And that's why I, I think ultimately that if you're doing a virtual brand, I still think that your goal should eventually be if, you, if you're you're building a virtual brand. And I think that Mr. Beast at some point needs to take a step where they're thinking about brick and mortar because I don't. Where does Mr. Beast go from here? We're in 2000 locations. I mean, you're limited in the number of locations that you're going to be going into uh, on any level base. Where's the growth? Where is where is it? So yeah. you've got to start thinking brick and mortar. And I, I think the same thing with It's Just Wings, actually. I mean, it, it, you've got to get to a point where it's not a secondary, but it's a primary. And and then and then you could build a brand from there. I mean, I think that Mr. Beast probably tomorrow could probably start building a lot of brick and mortar locations. And it has a foundation of consumers. Mm-hmm. So to me, like, I, I almost wonder if they're just sort of missing the boat. Just build some more. You know what? You've got one at the American Dream Wall. Build one at the Mall of America near me, or some place in California, or something like that. And give maybe that's what it'll take. Maybe that's what it'll take to get him uh, invested again. Yeah, he enjoys that part of it. Yeah, and and any virtual brand should should be thinking about that next step. So just don't think the virtual. There's a million different brands out there. So frequent. I mean, like any number of places. And I, I go on delivery. Anytime I look on delivery, Mr. Beast is never up there. Hmm. And my Mr. Beast still operating. It actually has good ratings. So apparently I have a good operator, but still. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Beast was always considered one of the better ones. Mm-hmm. So I will say that I talked to Robert Earl, who's, who uh, co-founded Virtual Dining Concepts, yeah. which owns Mr. Beast Burger. And he's telling me about some of the new brands that they're developing that are virtual restaurant brands, but there's also going to be, you know, a CPG piece of it, a re, you know, a retail piece, maybe even a brick and mortar element from the get go. He's really thinking of it as not just a virtual restaurant brand, but a, a brand sure. capital B brand that can be accessed in many different ways. Mm-hmm. And I actually think that that's probably smart. Yeah. That um, makes some sense to me. Yeah. Um, it does make some sense. You know, because you, you've got to, you can't just limit yourself to selling burgers or chicken wings. Well, my other problem with virtual brands, by the way, is that uh, way too many of them have the same name. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many chicken wing virtual brand concepts that popped up in 2020 and 2021. I'm like, you're, you're starting, somebody was, uh, we're, we're starting a chicken wing virtual brand concept. Okay, what's different than about like 5 million other people? The sauces. Oh God! We have different sauces. Oh, all right. Yeah. All right. They're probably all coming from the same place. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. It's probably just the same sauce. All right. One thing we should. One thing we we haven't really mentioned is that you know the prospects for delivery itself don't look great right now either. And um, virtual brands obviously you rely on that a bunch. It, it's it seems like delivery is is slowing down, and uh, that that uh, that obviously doesn't bode well. So again, to your brick and mortar point, I mean, that may be, they may have no other choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a very good point on, on delivery because I do believe like, as we speak this morning, Wendy's and DoorDash had a, announced a discount deal on, mm-hmm. um, on delivery. I mean, to me, I, I, delivery is going to be pressured going forward in a consumer cutback model. And again, people are doing this normal stuff. So delivery is sort of going back to where, you know, where it was pre pandemic. And I, um, 
I don't think in the U.S. market delivery is is, is going to be nearly as strong as it is in some global places as well. And you know, the third, I mean, the um, uh, virtual brands are by their nature more expensive because you have to operate it through a delivery mechanism as opposed to inside a brick and mortar. So, and again, mm-hmm. that's where that level of control is important. You know, um, you know, because a, a virtual brand oper- by the way. You've got a couple of different middlemen in that process because you've got, you know, because you got the virtual brand, but the virtual brand pays the operator to make the food, and then the and then and then if you're and then you got a contract with a delivery provider to provide delivery. So there's actually two, uh, and there's that middle uh, a middle layer, uh, another layer between, um, you know, the brand operator and the customer. Um, which, you know, so you've got more than one influence on quality, which goes back to the thing that we talked about at the beginning, which is you can't, you struggle with quality. Joel, mm-hmm. Joel, this was great. Really appreciate you joining me on the podcast. Thanks for having me. And that should do it for this week's episode of A Deeper Dive, which was edited, as always, by Kimmy Spoons Kazmarek, artwork by Nico Himes. You may find this and other episodes of the podcast on our website at www.restaurantbusinessonline.com backslash article backslash deeper dash dive and you may also find them on apple Podcasts or spotify i'm jonathan mays your host podcast producer and the editor-in-chief of restaurant business thank you for listening increase covers not costs it's time to level up with talk the restaurant industry's leading reservation platform Join today using promo code RESTAURANTS3 for three months free off of your base subscription. Terms and conditions apply. Go to jointalk.com slash podcast. That's jointalk.com slash podcast.